Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding, a ministry to pastors and all kinds of people. The Lord Jesus smiles to you. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. But maybe you're too busy or stressed. If so, not only are you missing God's peace, but also his power for loving and leading. So we're doing a series on rest. We're so glad you've joined our conversation with Christ, our master, soul shepherd, and friend. Well, Bill, we're here at the beginning of a new year. People are optimistic and they're setting goals and resolutions. A lot of people are on special diets, abstaining from things, or they've started exercise routines and programs. And we're in the midst of a series here on rest where we're talking about some disciplines like Sabbath and sabbatical. And yet here we were uh, this weekend at midnight, we took our daughter and we went to In-N-Out for French fries at midnight. And I just kind of had to laugh and say, well, Bill, I'm glad you've learned to train wisely with your disciplines and not be all legalistic and, and not put your trust in New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I, I just I wrote a soul shepherding devotional. Hopefully you all read it uh, Tuesday morning. Spiritual disciplines are dung. Yeah. I say that to pastors now and again, and they, they laugh with uh, some shock because they think of me as the spiritual disciplines guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and clearly you value spiritual disciplines. Yeah. So tra- when you say that, you need to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Soul training is really important uh, for sure, and disciplines are an essential part of our growth in Christ, but they're not an end in themselves. No. And it's so easy to get heroic or, or try to be overly ambitious about our disciplines and make lists of things that we're going to do. And then to think that we're doing a a good job as a a Christian or as a parent uh, or a ministry leader when we're doing these things uh, that are uh, these different exercises, these different disciplines that we think are important, but they really have no value in and of themselves. God doesn't care if we read the Bible or if we attend church. Uh, He cares if we love him, we love our neighbor. And so we do various disciplines, uh, solitude and silence, uh, various forms of prayer, soul friendship, all these things. We do these things in order to become a more loving person. Yeah, reading scripture can help us to love God and our neighbor, which is what God cares about. But when we're reading scripture in an earning or approving or, or something like that, that's where it's, it's really not helpful. Yeah, I mean, Jesus says, even if you're uh, going to offer a gift at the altar of the Lord, it's in a time of worship and it's the highest, most important ritual. And you realize that there's a a conflict with your brother or sister that that needs to be resolved. So set aside the gift, go deal with that issue. Go love that person, go pray for them. Say, I'm sorry, say, I forgive you. That's how important relationship is. It's, It's really all about that. And that's why Jesus gave us the the greatest commandment. I like to say that at the great commandment is a great relief. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's all kinds of things we might want to measure ourselves on, but the real measurement is love. Am I permeated with the love of God? And is it flowing through me to the people around me? And so that leads us right into our, our topic here on rest. And just want to give a thankful shout out to our friend Jennifer Lee, who's uh, uh, at Epicenter Church in Los Angeles. And uh, there with our other friends, uh, John and Evelyn Lowe, uh, pastors there. And just happened to run into Jennifer at a prayer gathering for a mutual friend and one of her friends who's a friend of our daughter's. 
And we're praying for her, uh, Annalise Wood, and she's going to be going on an 11-month mission, 11 countries uh, in 11 months to uh, serve the Lord and share the gospel. And Jennifer was there in that prayer meeting, and she said, oh, I couldn't believe it. I was at a women's retreat for Epicenter, and they said, now we're going to share with you some breath prayers from the Bible that we learned from Bill and Christy Galtier's soul shepherding. She's like, oh, I know them. They've been ministering in our church. I didn't even know it. And then she came to find out they were connected to her pastors. Yeah, such a blessing, such a, a small world when we find out how God's at work and we get to be a part of that. We're thankful. And it reminds me, Bill, because we're going to be with John and Evelyn in two weeks during one of our soul shepherding retreats. They're coming to our soul care ministry week-long retreat. And just invite you, our listeners, if the Lord leads you, we appreciate your prayers. We've got mm-hmm. this month in January, we've got two week-long retreats, one on spiritual formation and one on soul care. And so we thank you for your prayers for us and, and the ministry leaders who will be joining us that week and our hosts. So, And we think this is an important way to rest. Mm-hmm. We've been on many retreats, not just the ones that we lead, and setting aside some days. And in our case, we set aside five days, which is a big challenge for, for pastors, yeah. for men and women in ministry, others who are serving the Lord to set aside all that time from their responsibilities and their email and their work, their home and all, all of that. But we're, we're making a big soul space for God right. and for our own growth and grace. And it's a powerful discipline that helps us begin to live in that easy yoke mm-hmm. and work in that easy yoke every day. Yes, that's so important. And so we're talking today about how we need permission to rest. And first, when we were talking about titles for this podcast, that didn't really resonate with you. You didn't really think you needed permission. And I resonated with it right away. And I was like, oh, honey, yes, I need permission. So other people must need permission. And then I was talking about how hard it was for us to take a sabbatical Mm -hmm. and how hard it was for us to give ourselves permission to do that here. This is part of the message God has given us and working with pastors and ministry couples, part of the vision he's given us as to how to care for them and help them join Jesus in caring for their souls is to take sabbaticals or to practice these rhythms of rest and Sabbath days and other ways. And yet we encountered our own resistance to feeling like we shouldn't do it. Yeah, God's so clear in the scriptures, our theme verse in Hebrews 4 for this series on rest, make every effort to enter God's rest because there is a Sabbath rest that remains for the people of God. So you would think that we don't need permission. And uh, yeah, as you said, I can slip into that positivity myself, but the reality in my own life, and when I think about it, the reality of the men and women in ministry who connect with us is that most of us are so caught up in the things that we are doing to serve the Lord and in our lives that we don't take enough time to rest. Yeah, well, there was, there was just so much good we were doing. It was hard to put a stop to that. It was hard for us because we were like, we have donors who are supporting us and they are working so hard. How can we take time off to rest when they're not getting to do that? And that was really hard. Yeah, we felt guilty. There were a thousand reasons it seemed why we couldn't do it at that time of our lives, even though we had our board of directors. They had said, no, you've been working so hard, taking on so many burdens and responsibilities, caring for people and working more than 40 hours a week, you need this sabbatical. So we had the support of people, but we still felt like, oh, I just don't think we can do it. Yeah, we felt so guilty. We canceled it three times. <laughs> and then one of our donors who works so hard that we had actually talked about and mentioned, he, oh, he works so hard. How could we take a sabbatical? It's so embarrassing. It'd be so, yeah. you know, we just felt so guilty. 
Then he handed us a check and said, here's money. I want you to go away from home and stay somewhere. Use this money to stay somewhere away from home during your sabbatical. And we were like, oh, wow, he just gave us permission. <laughs> yeah, we just felt like when this couple did that, that this was the Lord. Yeah. So we said, okay, we're, yeah. we're going to do this. We're not going to yeah. cancel it again. <laughs> yeah, and it's been so key. I can't imagine this past season of our ministry if we hadn't had that. Yeah. It's been really important. And I, and I think... I think we all need permission to let rest because we don't give ourselves permission because we, our egos get so tied up in our productivity, our significance gets so tied up to what we do, and we get so many strokes and reinforcements from others who value us based on that. Yeah, our identity starts to be really formed by and dependent upon the response that we get from people when we see that what we're doing is helpful. It's really meeting a need. People are appreciating us. We're seeing God work. And so, uh, as we often will say in our trainings, that we start living off of the splashback, that the, the waters of the Lord are pouring off of us onto people, refreshing them, and they're drinking in. And then there's this splashback that we get when we see God touch somebody else, bless somebody else. And it's like that is a consolation for us, mm-hmm. which is, is legitimate and real. But when we're living off of that, mm-hmm. that's dangerous. Yeah, it really is. We need to be drinking the living waters for ourselves. And that's what rest does, whether we're mm-hmm. talking about a Sabbath day or a retreat or even a vacation that has some spiritual purpose to it, and certainly a sabbatical in which we take you know, at least 30 days where it's extended Sabbath days for very purposeful time of, of rest and worship and spiritual renewal. Uh, when we do that, we're drinking in deep of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what spiritual disciplines are supposed to be about, when they're not just a, an ends in themselves that we're trying to earn some merit or something, but they're a means to grace. Mm-hmm. As Richard Foster says in Celebration of Discipline, following the ancient prayer masters, that understanding that, well, a discipline is just putting you into a a position and a posture where you can connect with the Lord, hear his voice, and receive from his grace and drink into those living waters. Yeah. So often, honey, I will not realize how thirsty I am, even just for a drink of water. And it's not until I stop and start to take a drink that I recognize my thirst and that, oh, wow, I haven't been drinking enough. I'm really thirsty. And I drink more than I thought. I thought I was just going to take a sip and I end up drinking a whole water bottle or my whole glass of water. And I get this appetite for the hydration I need once I stop and actually take a drink. But I'm working so hard, I'm not even realizing I'm thirsty. And it's the same way with rest. In fact, that's one of the things that we've learned as we've been venturing on trusting God in his wisdom and his law and saying we need this rest, we actually have learned to get an appetite for it. Yeah, our bodies start to habituate to that rest and we realize that we need it more than we thought. And that was a startling discovery for me on our sabbatical was how deeply I rested and then that was then carried into beyond the sabbatical and then we've been seeking to rekindle that Mm -hmm. every week with our Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Just like the story we told last week on Soul Talks about Pastor Chuck who I'd worked intensively with over a period of three months for his sabbatical, and uh, he was doing a great variety of disciplines. Uh, We were in Montana together on a retreat, and uh, he was just soaking in God's beauty and really resting deeply and doing some fasting, uh, keeping a journal with prayers, doing some various uh, scripture meditation experiences, and a lot of just spontaneously following the Lord. Lord, what would you do today, Jesus? You know, you're my friend, and how are we going to spend this day today? And just leaning into the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it was so nourishing for him to be washed in God's beauty and in the Word, and then to process with me. And so we had this balance of 
time in solitude and silence, which is, as we've said, brings up emotions. That's the spiritual psychology of that. The things that are going on in our life, the stresses, the hurts, the unresolved issues, the conflicts, the longings, the questions, all the things that we're putting down and not paying attention to, when we really rest and we unplug, we disconnect, those things start coming up and some of that's unpleasant, but it's healing. That's the spiritual psychology of it. And so then he would process with me, he would talk that out, Mm -hmm. you see, and then receive the Lord's compassion and uh, wisdom through that process and through his journaling and so forth. And he was just amazed at how the experience of doing this promoted such deep soul rest and healing for him. Mm -hmm. And then he brought that out of his sabbatical. It's like, this is what a Sabbath Mm -hmm. is. And then he brought that into, as he processed with me afterwards, because after a sabbatical, we connected again. And he's like, wow, I'm learning how to keep a Sabbath day now each week. And I tried to do it before, but now I realize mostly it was just a day off. I wasn't really resting in the Lord. I wasn't really deeply intimate with God and in tune with the rhythms of the Spirit. But this intensive training that I did over the sabbatical that's what brought the transformation. And now I can live that out. And this is what Jesus means when he says, my yoke is easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the heart of God for us, I'm thinking of Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. He's given us his law to take this weekly Sabbath. He's shown us in scripture, these sabbatical periods that he leads his people in, in the, in the different the feast and the sabbatical years of the year of Jubilee and giving the land a rest and all these different rhythms. Mm-hmm. And it's because he knows us, he created us, and he knows that we need this. And these laws are not for us to follow in a legalistic way, but they're for us, for the care of our souls, the restoring of the soul. And even, Bill, the secular organizations are learning this wisdom. I just happened to do a Google search on sabbatical, and I came all these articles, you know, 77 companies that offer sabbaticals. And Google and Nike and IBM and, you know, Schwab and all these big names, you know, 77 of them that offer sabbaticals for their employees. And then there were some articles on the benefits of these sabbaticals and what these companies are finding in terms of how it's paying off in big ways in terms of employee retention and in terms of greater creativity and productivity after they take sabbaticals. This is even secular institutions offer and take these sabbaticals because they see that they're good for people. Yeah, in your best life in Jesus' easy yoke, I call this uh, easy yoke power. Mm -hmm. And in that book, we study Sabbath and we study the importance of rest as a way of dealing with stress and anxiety and just fostering our intimacy with the Lord. And it really is a surprising thing that when we truly rest, even just a period of scripture meditation where we quiet our minds and we really enter into a space of connecting with the Lord and listening to his voice, or just being in his presence and appreciating that. That's where the synapses in our brain, the neurotransmitters start firing, and we enter this wakefulness mm-hmm. of a restful alertness that's uh, an example of the easy yoke. And that's where we're most creative, most fresh in our thinking, best at problem solving, have our best energies to deal with things. And yet we have resistance to getting there. You know, I think about the pastors and wives we worked with and our own experience, our own resistance we encountered. You know, we were helping a lot of pastors and wives take inner God's rest, take periods of rest and take sabbaticals. And we were running into their resistance and it kind of surprised us. I remember on the, you know, there was on the one hand, this sense of, gee, you know, why are they so resistant to this? This is a gift that they're being given. And then when it was our turn, it was kind of like, oh, this is the resistance. You know, now I understand more experience as a great teacher. But I'm thinking about how one of the couples or more than one 
when the wife found out that she was supposed to participate with her husband and take a sabbatical too, she felt so angry. She was like, well, it's one thing for you to make this decision, but I don't want it impacting me. I have all these plans for my work and what I'm going to be doing and during your sabbatical. And now it's going to affect me and you want me to go too. And you want me to go meet with Bill and Christy too. And you know, there's all this resistance and anger she had. And thankfully, she was honest with us about that. And we were empathetic because we understood that we had our own experience of sabbatical at that point. But she really leaned into it and she really benefited from it. And at the end, she was able to just be so thankful and see the value. And, and it's changed her and her husband and, and the way they minister together. We've seen this more than this couple. We spent some days in a monastery where that couple on, on their sabbatical was very powerful for them and blessing for us. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of pastors who, it's so easy when we're so busy in our ministry and our, our, or our work and different things that we do that we can neglect the one we love the most, our spouse. And so I can relate to this, not getting to all the honeydew projects, you know, and so it's easy for uh, the pastor's sabbatical to get somewhat filled with catching up on all that stuff, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I mean, we need to show love for our spouse. And if we've been neglecting some things at home, yeah, so one pastor has spent a good portion of his sabbatical working in the yard, mm-hmm. fixing things up and making it beautiful. And I mean, that's a great thing to do, but it wasn't really restful. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't uh, a time of, of worship and, and nourishment. It was just trading one form of work for another. Mm-hmm. It, well, and his wife just couldn't bless him with the rest. She needed him to be productive for her and the family. She just couldn't bless him with the time of rest. And, you know, I, I understand where she was coming from with that. And yet they both missed out on something there that I feel sad for them about. Yeah, and so there's such a great need for this time of soul rest and really seeking to foster our intimacy with the Lord and doing some training, and yet we have this resistance. We really need this permission Mm -hmm. to stop. Sometimes it helps Mm -hmm. to look closely at the life of Jesus, and so we talk about Jesus' rhythms of life and the way that he rests, his intimacy with the Father, his prayer times in in the wilderness and in lonely places, and the way that he kept Sabbath days. Jesus kept Sabbath days. That's mm-hmm. something else we talk about in the, in the Easy Oak book and uh, in our soul shepherding ministry, the, just following Jesus' patterns mm-hmm. of, of intimacy with Abba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so something that uh, I'm remembering is we're revisiting our own sabbatical experience, something that we've learned. So much of what we do in soul shepherding, it really just comes out of our own marriage together and our own walk with Jesus and the things that the Lord teaches us. And so when we really obeyed the Spirit of the Lord and and disconnected and took our sabbatical, which in our case was 30 days, which is a short by sabbatical standards, but we were very immersed in that. It was significant Mm -hmm. for us. It was very significant. But the way that God used that, not only as we've described for our personal rejuvenation individually and and collectively as we were going through the Ignatian exercises together, lots of uh, scripture meditations each day and, and examines of consciousness and how are we sensing God's presence or not? And times of solitude, times of sharing together and processing together. Was well, fr- that's an example where we did use disciplines to help us rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so something we learned is that ministry begins with rest. Mm-hmm. So this is something we teach, and it's startling to people. When you, you know, when you first hear that, you might be like, huh, ministry begins with rest? But the biblical precedent for that is that Sabbath is the first day of the week. And so we're meant to do our work out of rest. And even the, the Hebrew mentality in the Psalms is that the day begins with the evening, a time to rest. And so while we're sleeping even, God is at work. Mm-hmm. And then we wake up into that world where, where God is moving and acting, and now we're tuning into what he's doing and listening to him to join in with him. And so then we started uh, doing some, because I 
write about and we talk about the things that we experience. And so we had this incredible influx of pastors coming to us for sabbatical help mm-hmm. out of our experience. And yeah. so a whole new ministry in soul shepherding developed that we had just done a little bit of here and there. But then now we have these pastors that come from around the world. They want to do intensive sabbatical counseling and care often as couples. And they do that with us. And that came out of God by his spirit and his grace working in us through our own need and difficulties with sabbatical and then sharing our experience and then other people coming in to join in with that. And so it's been neat to see the fruit of that, just even ministry-wise, that now through this sabbatical guide that you've written, other people are learning to enter into God's rest and to be blessed. And that's our desire for you, friends. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray and ask that you would teach each one of us, Lord, how to respond to your invitation to rest, that you would help us to receive from you the permission to rest and to counter Satan and his accusations that even come internally that we accuse ourselves to keep us from responding to your invitations to rest. Thank you that you love us so much, that you have this vision of good that you want to give us for the renewal of our souls for your glory. So we look to you and your spirit, wonderful counselor, to counsel each one of us and to lead each one of us in this ways of soul restoration and rest. Amen. When Christy and I were given a sabbatical a couple of years ago, we had resistance we had to overcome. We've seen this also in pastors and ministry leaders who have sought our help for sabbatical planning and counseling. Out of our experience, we created a sabbatical guide for pastors. We thank God that in just over one year, it has been used by over 10,000 people. We're really excited about this resource. We've updated it and turned it into a booklet that you can give to a pastor who needs a season of rest and renewal. You can order this sabbatical guide on soulshepherding.org.